Today's guest, Johanna Rauhala, Chief of Staff from Halo. If you want to be in this type of a startup, scale-up, growth company, maybe then a mature company, um, also a global, global company, one thing to kind of be, I, I think one thing to think about is the, the kind of how well you adapt to change. So change will always be uh, present. You will always have to be adapting to change. So if If you like, um, you know, a steady, you know, constant, I know exactly what's going to happen next, then I, I don't think um, this type of a uh, path is the best. So I think definitely having been this long in this type of a company, I've adapted to change so well that I it's quite difficult to kind of shake me, so to say. So like you always have those ups and downs and you get quite used to it at some point. And I think that's quite uh, important. Um, so to be quite uh, resilient and adaptive to changes and new things and something always happening. So I think that's one of the biggest things that I think anyone who, who thinks about having this type of a path, joining these types of companies is that What is, what is it that I want and what it is that kind of I feel good in? And if you feel like, okay, I'm not so good with change, I'm not so good with, you know, having the ups and downs, um, then maybe that's not the best place. Johanna and I talked about the journey from Halo and her personal journey because she started already more than eight years ago and for a startup or scale up and now growth company, it's very unconventional. And she also launched the US and also did a lot of integration and acquisition work along the journey. And we talked about all of this and the learnings of transforming certain cultures in certain company stages in different markets and also what the challenges were and what she would do differently if she would do it again. So everybody who also wants to stay long in a company, she also has tips and also reflects on it. So I think it's a very exciting blueprint for just having something long-term in mind because some people really want that. And I think that's really cool that we have Johanna here as a guest because um, she saw so many different things and we talk about it in the episode. So enjoy then you can build trust and then you can spend less time communicating and more time just getting shit done. Then I went home and, and thought about this sentence. We basically put it on the table. Hiring takes time. People are trained. How to objectively judge certain situations. It's very, 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 very hard to change things. That was the learning. Entrepreneurs with empathy. On the people side. Hey, Johanna. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Um, I think Mina introduced us because she met your um, head or director of product marketing at an event somewhere. And yeah, then, Kevin. Yeah, exactly. And then she um, said it would be cool if we can connect because you are doing something very exciting with your company and you in your role. So um, yeah. what, what are you exactly doing? Um, yeah, so I'm the chief of staff at Halo. Um, Halo is a company which uh, provides employee communications um, SaaS platform. Um, we have um, more than 1,000 um, global enterprises as clients. 
And Halo as a company is global. So we have um, offices in Finland, UK, US, France, and Germany. And as the chief of staff um, at Halo, I'm in the in the management team and I'm responsible of the people and cultural function at Halo. Okay, so can you walk us through the journey of Halo, how it um, evolved? And um, maybe we go through the different stages because I think this is also what you're really specialized in and, and focusing on. Yeah, so Halo actually became Halo back in 2021. And how we became Halo was actually a merger of three companies. Um, and I am myself based in Helsinki and I come out of the one of the companies um, called Smart. And I've been with the company since 2015. Um, so quite a long time, uh, which means that I have seen the evolution of the company since 10 employees to now becoming Halo with 250 employees globally. Um, and what I can tell about how Halo actually became Halo. So like I said, it was a merger of three companies. So uh, Smart and then Koyo, which was a German-based company, and then Jubiwi, which was a French company. And back in the fall of 2021, uh, we uh, merged into one. And we also thought that you know, becoming one one company, we should have a completely new name. And then we became officially Halo in the beginning of 2022, I think. Um, so all in all, Halo is a combination of uh, three uh, different um, scale-up companies wow. becoming um, one. This sounds also, I think, from an organizational perspective, quite complex um, in merging everything together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely um, complex um, in the sense that um, also because of the global context. So, um, so as I mentioned, um, the Koyo, the Koyo company was um, based in uh, Germany, Jubiwi in uh, France, and then the company that I uh, came from uh, was based in uh, Finland. Um, Finland had the HQ, and then we had um, US and UK. Um, so all of that kind of added to the complexity as well, because it was a global global um, company and a global uh, merger of, of many uh, different teams and functions. So it was, um, it was complex, but what I think helped out a lot was that we had um, quite a good... Um, We had a good um, kind of uh, uh, aligned um, values. Uh, we had the same type of people. Um, so that helped out quite a lot in the beginning to, to kind of um, be working as, as one company. Yeah, I think that's so important because at some point you cannot really organize the growth in a certain way that one person is the full overview yeah, or a set yeah. of persons, right? needs to be self-sustaining and this usually comes through a um, scaling phase yeah. and when this phase is coming i think the cultural aspect needs to be very much based on principles so if you cannot lead by principles or operate yeah. by principles in certain principles it's really hard to scale decision making at yeah. some point isn't yeah. it yeah 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 what we what we actually did though because it we we saw it as a 
completely new new company what we did when it came to the values that we have and the type of company that we want to be was that in the beginning we obviously came up with completely new values um based on the based on the kind of values of all of the uh, three companies that they had had so what we did in the beginning uh was that we had we um included both kind of the the management team as well as employees so we had um uh, different sessions and we actually also had someone outside of the company come and host those sessions and what we did with the the kind of management team was that we we outlined what we saw should be the values and that was essentially also based on the old values of all of the uh, three companies that we had and we came up with kind of um the 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 set of values that we in the management team kind of believed in and thought would be something that should guide us as a company and then i believe what happened next was that we had a session with a kind of this focus um uh, group so a selected um a group of employees out of all of the locations all of the legacy companies and then they had a the same type of a session in which they looked into the values that the the management team had kind of decided not decided upon but um kind of uh discussed on and then they gave feedback they gave thoughts they gave suggestions and then based on that employee feedback we then came up with the with the new set of values and how many values did each company have and how did you um really consolidate them and was it a big difference in terms of values from the each from each company or was it quite similar um it was quite the same type um same type of values um so it was a bit different in which the ways that each of the company had kind of gone about the values so how they had you know had them in the in the ways of working and in the in the offices and all of that um so i think it was what we kind of decided upon in the beginning was that we wanted the the kind of um we didn't want to have too many values um so we wanted it to be a kind of good defined set of values so that it would also be easy uh, for the employees to know all of the values so it's it's not like you have 20 uh, different values no <laughs> so we came up with um that we would we should have like maybe between five and seven i think at the end we have we now have five five values um and i think that was that was one thing that we decided upon in the beginning that it should be a good good kind of a what are the not too many and not too few um and then what we also kind of implemented was the a few kind of um elements out of each of the companies in how to actually implement these values um so as in one example one of the companies had used hashtags so we implemented the same thing that we would always um associate the um value with a hashtag so as an example global is one of the values that we have so then we always use like the hashtag global 
In case you like my show, please subscribe. I would really appreciate it. And first of all, what do you use the hashtags for? And also, um, how did you then implement all the values? I think that's also a really crucial point that you just lift them as well. And how did you do that? Yeah, so we use the hashtags in kind of like we we have the the kind of visuals so we have the 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 kind of uh, values as as an example hashtag global we use them in in kind of um, text and messages and all of that um, then how we actually implemented it um, and implemented them into the kind of working life so to say um, we used uh, different things like as an example um, coming out uh, one of the companies had used the the this concept called feedback uh, Fridays. So in that concept, you would be kind of giving feedback to a colleague by using one of the values and posting this um, kind of a, um, we call them uh, cards. So it has the value and it has the explanation of the value. So you would post that into the um, employee's um, page on the internet, so the Halo uh, intra. And then you would kind of explain why you will be giving this and what, what they did to kind of, ex kind of um, show a good example of how they behaved as one of the values. So this type of kind of giving recognition and giving feedback with the values is something that we aim to do um, to kind of get them um, get them into employees' minds and also kind of have them in the day-to-day -day thinking, day-to-day -day acting as well. So that we do want the employees to be behaving. We do want the company to be living by the values that we have set. Yeah, and I think that's also crucial. Many companies, when they want to um, set up certain things like career frameworks or feedback, yeah. sometimes they lack the foundation, right? And if you don't get this right, define in a way that everybody understands it and it also makes sense for the overall things you want to achieve. Um, if you don't have this infrastructure ready, like what are the set of values, why and how should it be um, seen in a certain way, in a certain behavior, and how can you also rate that? How can you orientate yourself in decision-making, but also on how to collaborate, how to communicate? I think that's so important. And it's important in building it, defining it, then rolling it out in hiring, but then also based on those principles, decide on who gets promoted and why. Or also maybe sometimes people need to leave the company. Yeah. And also who gets hired and onboarded in a certain way. That's such yeah. such a phenomenon. And sometimes it's seen as very um, so soft. But I think if you if you see this the infrastructure and then build a lot of processes or a lot of um, behaviors and also procedures around it, then this can really get very uh, tangible. And that's then I think an, an asset, and you can really lead and run the company a certain way right that that yeah. is a, a, a structured and a systematic approach in a certain way as well yeah definitely so like a, a few of the things that you mentioned so as an example when we have new employees joining we ask them to pick 
okay, which of the values you identify the most. Um, so that's also a cool way to, since the beginning, when the employee joins, have them identify with one of the values. And then we, they all kind of choose this one value. And then we post a photo of all of the newbies and them showing like they've just um, written out the value and showing them what they kind of identify the most. And then you also um, just mentioned like this um, performance evaluations and how you advance in a company and how you actually reward people that they actually exemplify and and act based on the values. So we just also implemented one um, kind of element into the Uh, performance evaluations that we do and one of them which is unified within the whole company so obviously one side is always a functional how well do I actually do in my job in my specific position so that's one side of the evaluation but what we then unified to the whole company globally is the about this evaluation um, evaluation template which is based on the values that we have So which ways do the employees um, act based on the values? And we have uh, different kind of um, competences and uh, behaviors. And then based on that, also the kind of example text of what it is if an employee is, you know, exceeding expectations. So essentially what we did was also a value-based performance evaluation Um, um, template slash kind of um, element um, because we specifically want that the employees get uh, rewarded and they get feedback not just on how well they do in the position and the functional kind of skill set that they have but also how they act and how they behave based on the company values. Mm. I also saw it in one customer of mine where they had an ABC model. It's called, um, I think it was achievement, B was behavior, and C was, I guess, collaboration. Um, these were the three attributes where they um, rated in performance reviews on, on, on how people should be rated. And also to these three attributes, also bringing in the values Yeah, that you had a matrix. And then it was quite guided for also the employees yeah. on how to, um, on what to expect, but also the management teams and also for peer reviews on how to rate and how to review this. Yeah. So I think it's, it was always a challenge. So for me, um, I, I was happy to get the tools, but to be honest, yeah. in reality, yeah, if you have a team of, I don't know. Maybe some companies, they have managers with 30, 25 direct reports because maybe they could not hire team leads or something changed and on the interim until somebody is coming, this happens, right? And if you then need to do reviews or sometimes there's also a skip level review, um, if you have a lot of responsibility in terms of numbers of team members in your scope, this can also get very, very admin heavy and people just don't get it done or just do it very, very fast. And therefore I would have two hacks. (laughs) One, also enable yourself with ChatGPT because it really helps to formulate it in a nice way. But of course, don't write the feedback by yourself. And second, um, do it the whole year. 
always have a, a kind of documentation for certain people where you just document certain behaviors in a certain way. Yeah? It can be something good, something bad. And then you already have the drafts ready. It doesn't have to be perfect, but the, the, the content is already there. And then you just need to summarize it. And there, something like ChatGPT can help, plus additional thinking, of course. And then it's way, way faster. And you also don't forget about stuff. So I think this is what is really, really crucial for especially performance reviews and evaluations. Um, you were at the company for, I think, eight years already, more than eight yeah. years, right? Um, how did your role change in the certain company stages? That would be also interesting because I think it's yeah. now it is very rare and also um, yeah. startups yeah. That, comp that people stay that long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I joined in 2015, so eight and a half um, uh, years ago. Yeah, eight and a, almost exactly eight and a half soon because um, it was the beginning of 2015. Um, and yeah, I was quite young back then, just, um, just, um, um, in, uh, university still. Um, so yeah, like I, like I said, I've been with the company a long time. I've seen the evol evol evolution, um, back when I joined, it was 10 employees. Um, and the office was essentially like this small basement type of a setup. Um, so I don't know if you could even call it an office, um, but yeah, so how kind of my position and my evolution since then. So obviously lots has happened. Um, I joined as the operations assistant and now I'm in the management team. So it's quite a, quite a big jump, um, uh, from that. But I think that's also because I've, I've stayed with the company, um, long and I've also been with the company since essentially since the beginning so it has definitely allowed me to develop much uh, faster than in in a uh, traditional company so to say um, and essentially it's allowed me to do many things um, and also many things that I think would take uh, years to kind of experience and see in a uh, traditional company, but when you join a uh, startup that then becomes a scale up, you so much happens in such a uh, short time that you actually develop uh, like a lot in a in a uh, short period of time. And how do you define startup versus scale up um, versus maybe a major company in your own definition? Um, I guess, yeah, that's a good question, but I guess a uh, startup is something that is still in the seed phase, um, just maybe having some funding, but have not yet, don't have the, the full on uh, proof of concept yet. They might have, you know, some clients, they haven't found the, the scalable um, business yet. Um, and I think once that is found, once you know, once you have the proof of concept, you have a client base, and then you start building the team, scaling, um, so kind of uh, growing in, in a way that it's um, scalable and sustainable, that's when you become a scale-up. That's how I would define it. And where would you see your company 
now in which stage? Uh, well, definitely, I would say that it's a it's a growth company, so going beyond that kind of that definition. So it's a it's a I guess you could define it as a as a scale up as well, but um, a growth company as well. I don't know what the official definitions would be in these cases, but yeah. Yeah, I also don't know. I also hear hear different things all the time, and I think we also have different offerings for scale-ups and startups but sometimes a startup is already way further than a scale-up <laughs> yeah in terms yeah. of maturity it also i think depends on who is founding the company yeah what i can see yeah. if there are founders who already have scaled a company to a certain way they are way yeah. more thoughtful way more proactive way more faster way more proactive and also if they get venture capital um, they know how to invest the money in the right resources at the right time yeah. If founders doing this the first time, sometimes they're always behind. And that's normal. Yeah. <laughs> but I think there it also defines how you categorize a company on who founded or leads or builds the company um, in, in the founding team as well. I think that's a key indicator. So what were the biggest challenges um, for when, when growing the company with these oh. different markets as well, right? Finland versus yeah. the UK versus US. Um, because it's also a cultural difference, right? I think the Finnish yeah, culture yeah, yeah. is so different to the UK yeah. culture, even if it's close, and also to the US. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. So, yeah, um, lots of challenges. Um, I think, so I've been involved in expansion into, well, uh, first it was, I believe, Sweden, UK, and then also in the US. And then I have myself, uh, back in 2019, I actually moved um, to the U.S. to build the U.S. company, manage that and get that going. Um, so we set up an office in Atlanta back then. And I lived in Atlanta in 2019 and 2020 until I then at the end of 2020 moved back to Finland. So I have quite a lot of um, um, experience in, in the kind of challenges that you have when you do that, um, expansion. Um, what I would say one of the biggest challenges definitely is that when you go into, especially talking about US and UK, which happen to be like the, the biggest uh, markets, um, globally, um, and the most kind of also you have a lot of competition. Uh, so the biggest challenge is definitely the, brand recognition and the name. So when you go into these new uh, markets, how do you build the name? And then when you don't have a established name, it's also becomes difficult to uh, attract talent and find talent. So that's a big challenge. And then obviously on the kind of actual business side, it's difficult with the whole um, client acquisition and all of this. So Quite a lot of time and resources goes into building that name so that you actually get to kind of expand the business and build the business. And what what learnings did you get out of this time? So what would you do um, maybe more proactive if you would do it again in the future? Um, yeah, so that's a good question. Um, well, I can tell how we how we did it um, kind of. Um, so as an example, with the U.S. expansion, 
Um, one thing is is also to think about in which if if we look at the whole kind of not just the, the the talent side of things, but also how much it costs to build a business in these locations. Um, you might want to think about the actual um, city. So as an example, we set up um, an office in Atlanta because um, that was um, not as expensive as maybe uh, New York and Chicago and all of these big cities on the East Coast. Um, so not as expensive, um, but also massively um, kind of uh, massive amounts of good talent, especially technology and tech talent. Um, and then also it's, it's then kind of, you don't have as much competition on the talent side. So it's easier to find the, the best people um, in these, these places. So one of those, one of the things that we kind of uh, learned was to, to actually think about these things and not just go to the uh, first location that comes into mind and the location that all of the kind of rest of the companies also go to. In case you have any feedback or anything you want to share with me, please send me an email on thomas at peoplewise.com or hit me up on LinkedIn. And in case you really enjoy the show, please subscribe. I would really appreciate it. Yeah, so I understand that. So having a, a, a smart analysis on what are the levers and also that you don't fight something what you cannot chew, right? <laughs> Because this is also something I think what company, companies underestimate. Um, okay, so if you would recommend um, certain things for the listeners what what they can take away um, when staying long with a company like eight years what would be your tips yeah um, I think I think if you if you want to be in this type of a startup scale up growth company maybe then a mature company um, also a global global company one thing to kind of be I think one thing to think about is the the kind of how well you adapt to change. So change will always be uh, present. You will always have to be adapting to change. So if if you like, um, you know, a steady, you know, constant, I know exactly what's going to happen next, then I, I don't think um, this type of a uh, path is the best. So I think definitely having been, this long in this type of a company, I've adapted to change so well that I, it's quite difficult to kind of shake me, so to say. So like you always have those ups and downs and you get quite used to it at some point. And I think that's quite important. Um, so to be quite resilient and adaptive to changes and new things And something always happening. So I think that's one of the biggest things that I think anyone who, who thinks about having this type of a path, joining these types of companies is that what is, what is it that I want and what it is that kind of I feel good in. And if you feel like, okay, I'm not so good with change. I'm not so good with, you know, having the ups and downs, um, then maybe that's not the best place. 
Um, but I think it also should keep in mind that these uh, both companies like Halo, it gives you excellent opportunities to develop uh, yourself and and kind of um, um, grow within the company as well. So while the company evolves, while the company grows, you grow with it. So as an example, I don't see that I could have had the same type of a path in any any kind of other company. So as an example, like I explained back in 2019, um, I was given the responsibility to go and open and manage the U.S. function. So one of the most important markets in, in any company. Um, so I don't think something like that would be possible in a uh, traditional um business, but it is possible in, in this type of a, a company. But then it also obviously comes with the, with the, with the side, side, side effects of the, you know, having quite a lot of change and having quite a lot of ups and downs. So mm -hmm. it's all about the, what, what you like and what you enjoy the most. What, what are the ups and downs you had in the U.S.? In the U.S.? Uh, well, that's, that's quite many, but obviously, you know, it's quite challenging to, um, build a business. So as an example, in the beginning, we uh, hired people, they didn't stay, they didn't, they, they weren't the best ones. Um, quite a lot of change, um, in the beginning with the team. Um, then also just having challenges in just establishing the business itself, um, but once you get that going, once you get the kind of uh, first customers, you get the team build, then then it kind of you sh you see the success. It feels quite good having had those um, challenges in the beginning. Cool. And any recommendations on uh, a guest I should interview next that you know and I don't know? Um. What type of topics would you, in any type of topic? Yes, somebody who has a certain perspective on um, everything related to maybe management leadership in a certain function or in a certain company stage. Um, let me think about that a bit and then I can come back. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, Johanna, I think we are done now. So thanks very much for your time. And it was really great uh, having the chat with you. Thank you. It was nice, even with the challenge challenges with the technology, but all yes, good. Yes, we had a tech, tech problem today. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much on having me. You're welcome. It was nice to be talking about these again. It's been a long while, so you always have to think a bit like, oh, what happened back then? But yeah.